Welcome to the first episode of Behind the Headlines, a new podcast series from Lee Enterprises, where for every new episode, we will feature a conversation between our host, Terry Barr, and a journalist based in one of Lee Enterprises' newsrooms about the story behind the story of a recent article that the reporter worked on that made an impact on their community. Earlier this year, the Sioux City Journal published Stolen Lives, the epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women. It was a three-part series by reporter Dolly Butts, multimedia producer Jesse Brothers, and visual editor Tim Hines. Dolly Butts spent over a year on the project, investigating the national epidemic affecting Native women and examining steps that tribal officials and others are taking to stop the cycle of violence against Native women. Rooted in conversations with victims' families, interviews with tribal officials, and activists working to raise awareness of missing and murdered indigenous women, Butts' articles used profiles of four Native women in Siouxland whose deaths are either unsolved or the result of domestic violence to ground and personalize the series. For this first episode of our show, Terry Barr followed up with Dolly about the work that went into the reporting out of the series and where things stand in the wake of her articles. You can find the Stolen Lives series and more of Dolly Butts' work, along with a full collection of images and videos, at SiouxCityJournal.com. Now, here's Terry Barr's interview with Dolly Butts. Hello, and welcome to this new Lee Enterprises podcast, Behind the Headlines. I'm your host, Terry Barr. Now, we are starting this to not only take you behind the headlines of some incredible stories, but we're also going to acknowledge this type of reporting is essential, and we really want to be able to recognize that. So I'm happy to introduce you to Dolly Butts. Dolly is joining us from the newsroom of the Sioux City Journal, which is in Sioux City, Iowa. Dolly, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on the podcast and for your interest in our series, Stolen Lives. This really is something you uncovered, an incredible crime story. And it really not only got the attention of people in Sioux City, but across the country. I think people were shocked when they heard what you uncovered. So how did you learn about this? And I know you've called it Stolen Lives. How did you learn about this and how does that all kind of fit together? It really began back in January 2020 when we learned about the death of Ashley Aldrich, um, a 29-year-old mother and a member of the Omaha tribe of Nebraska. Her body had been found in a field on the reservation. And to follow up on this, it just kind of fell to me. Um, I was working the night cops beat, the breaking news beat um, the day after. And at that time, we had her name. We found that via a social media post. And we were trying to find out more about who she was and the circumstances surrounding her death. So I sent a message um, to her mom, Tilly Aldridge, who I found on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tilly responded um, roughly a week later. And then we made arrangements um, to go out there and uh, interview um, her and um, Ashley's father, Galen, at their rural Walt Hill, uh, Nebraska home. Now, as a reporter, you have to use so many tools. And sometimes I think people are surprised to realize social media can be a really good tool these days. 
And when you get somebody to respond, it's, it's got to be a little bit of a surprise and a relief. But what are you thinking in a case like this, especially when you know, okay, now I'm going to go there and I'm going to have to talk to these people about one of the hardest things that has ever happened to them. How do you get ready to go do that? And, and how did this play out from there? I've had a lot of experience um, over the years doing these kinds of interviews. It's not easy, I think, especially um, for young reporters. Um, it's traumatic to go and talk to, to somebody about a loss like this. So I just kind of, I, I just kind of make it more like a conversation. Tell me about your loved one. And generally people just kind of open up from there. And obviously that's what you found in this situation. How did their interview help you continue to push forward? The interview was just really raw and emotional. They wanted, they wanted her story to be told. Kind of how they were telling me, telling me it, I felt like I was with them. You know, the, in the moments, the days, the weeks after her death. And at this point, there really was little known. Is that correct? Were you the first one kind of saying, what, what happened? Yeah, there, there really, there really wasn't, wasn't much information. Um, and still today, there's really a lack of tra transparency regarding this death and um, another death that the series highlights. You know, federal, state, and tribal officials haven't said a lot about the circumstances surrounding these deaths. Okay, so where do you take it from there? This can be tough. And I want to go back to and, and say this was 2020, as you mentioned. So, you know, you were also dealing with, OK, the lack of uh, communication, information, coronavirus. Why did you just keep pushing through this? Why was this important? And at some point you wanted to see this get somewhere so something would happen, right? I just felt compelled to work on it just, you know, right from the beginning after I interviewed uh, Galen and Tilly. I started writing it the next day or the day after. Um, that really was the second story. Really, st I started writing right from the beginning. So, yeah, it was just how do we move this forward? And then the pandemic hit, and obviously our access to the the family is limited. Our access to the reservation is limited. There's other stories that I have to work on, and then two more deaths on Northeast Nebraska reservations, the death of Jose DeCora and the death of Lenise Blackbird. So then I'm thinking, okay, there's something bigger going on here. And then I learned um, about the epidemic involving uh, indigenous women, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women, um, and began to look into that. And then that led me to Trisha Ettringer, because I was, I was looking for an advocate and activist um, who could give me some background on MMIW. That led me to her. And um, she also um, has a tie to this. Her auntie, Paulette Walker, was murdered in uh, Riverside uh, County, California um, back in 1986. So then that was another story. She was a, a member of the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. So there's that local tie there. You know, it's one of those stories where I'm sure the more you uncover, 
the more surprising it gets too when you think there's one and then all of a sudden you're finding out there's four, five. I mean, what does anybody give you as far as a bottom line to why this is happening? We can go way back to the times of colonization, um, boarding schools. Mm. Um, that's really, you can take it all the way back to this. This isn't a new epidemic. You know, it's been happening for quite some time. Did anyone ever have to face charges on any of these? Where, where is the case now? Um, Paulette Walker's case, that's a cold case. Nobody has ever been charged in connection with that. Ashley Aldridge's case, an individual was charged in tribal court and he was being um, held in the tribal jail for a few months, but then um, he was released. A federal indictment never got handed down in that case. Um, Cozy Decora's case, her former boyfriend uh, was charged with second degree murder. His trial has been continued um, until December. Okay. So there still is no resolution in that yet. And then um, nothing on Lenise Blackbird's case. You know, again, the circumstances surrounding these are, it's really gray. We, you know, some of these cases, authorities haven't come out and said, yes, that we are investigating this as a homicide. So there's a lot of ambiguity surrounding some of these cases. Are you still facing challenges as you look ahead to now there's a case that'll be in court in December, but, you know, that's a half a year away. And then knowing some of the others are considered cold cases, what do you do as a reporter with those? I think we just kind of have to, you know, see what develops. I know that some of the families are looking into um, what their legal options might be. I know um, one of the families has filed a complaint with the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Um, so we just kind of have to see what develops. But um, in terms of like the root causes of this, the colonization, the boarding schools, that um, historical trauma that's passed down through the generations, that really um, is connected to other issues that we're seeing in the community. Recently, a group came to the Sioux City Council to discuss homeless individuals, primarily uh, Native Americans. Um, they had uh, an encampment that was taken down and they reportedly didn't have very much time to you know, gather things. So they came to the, the city council and we're concerned about this, how yeah. the homeless were being treated. So again, that it just kind of all ties together. I've done a lot of coverage about addiction over the years. Um, addiction is another issue that disproportionately affects the Native American community here. So it's just kind of all tied together. Yeah. How do you feel about this? And in particular, the reaction you probably received from readers who were pretty surprised to learn about this? A lot of people were shocked that this was, you know, going on mm -hmm. in this area. They, they couldn't believe it. And they told me that the stories were hard to read, but they kept coming back to them. And I have to ask you about the families because you have been in touch with them. And it sounds like you're staying in touch because of the cases still coming up. How are they doing right now? And, and what was their reaction to you showing interest and in writing about what happened? 
Um, even when I was doing the interviews, I just, I just uh, could feel how grateful they were that somebody was taking the time to listen to their story. They wanted to tell their story. They wanted people to know about their loved one and uh, the circumstances surrounding their death so they could get some sort of justice. And uh, when I um, was interviewing Lenise Blackford's family, um, immediately after the interview was done, her mom came up and gave me a hug. She was just so thankful that to have somebody listen to her story. Yeah. And then after the series was published, I did receive an email from uh, Trisha Ettringer, Paulette Walker's niece, and uh, she said that the stories caused tears, but they were healing tears. So this helped her family heal this process of telling the stories. Yeah. Do you feel your job is done on this one? I don't think so. You know, there's, there's a lot, a lot more to look into. So yeah, it's something that I'm going to continue to pursue. Thank you, Dolly. Is there anything you want to add the importance of you know, uncovering something like this, but making sure your readers learn about it. I just think it's important to make the public aware about the struggles that not only Indigenous women are facing, but Native Americans in general. Poverty, addiction, homelessness, these are complex issues that aren't going to be solved overnight, obviously. But um, hopefully stories like these which give a voice to the voiceless and hold government accountable um, will further the discussion. Absolutely. Dolly, thank you for your work, uh, great journalism, and thank you for being willing to share what you've been working on with regards to this. And I'm sure we'll come back and talk with you again because uh, there is more ahead. So thank you. Thank you. We've been talking with Dolly Butts. She's joining us from the newsroom of the Sioux City Journal in Sioux City, Iowa. You have been listening to Behind the Headlines, a new podcast from Lee Enterprises. I'm your host, Terry Barr. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. As I said at the beginning, you can read the Stolen Lives series and more of Dolly Butts' work at SiouxCityJournal.com. Terry will be back with a new interview very soon, so make sure to subscribe to Behind the Headlines so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes as they're released. And please let us know what you think of the series with a review on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much.